In this Climate Gen episode, I'm speaking with Nigerian climate activist Dixon Goodness about the ongoing struggle to pressure the Shell Petroleum Development Company of Nigeria to clean up its colossal toxic mess left behind after nearly seven decades of oil extraction in the Niger Delta. Beyond carbon emissions, the damage done has destroyed ecosystems, decimated biodiversity, ruined livelihoods and caused misery and suffering for communities living in the region. A reminder that you can pre-order my book Cop Out about the UN process that has now been taken over by the extractive fossil fuel industry. A broad coalition of the most polluting nations on earth say they want to reduce emissions while massively expanding fossil fuel production. This contradiction, or outright hypocrisy, underpins the very core of the human struggle for survival this century and will be discussed across future episodes in the coming weeks. Please do stay tuned. Thank you to all subscribers and supporters. Please do join via Patreon or YouTube to support the channel, get episodes early, plus extra content. Do also comment, share, and engage in whatever way possible. Thank you. Dixon, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today. Can you give us an idea of the scale of the area where Shell has been operating? Yeah, um, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Shell has been operating for the past six decades, and they have been in the Niger Delta region. And this covers about four states. So these are the regions they are really been being impacted by the activities that has taken place over the past um, six decades now. What is the overall sort of impact on on the regions, communities, and the ecosystems? Firstly, we need to understand that the oil giants, aside from extracting the oil, these oils are being spilled into, into the ocean, into the river, and also spilled to the community. And the impact of this is that this community can no longer have good access to water, either for drinking, either for cooking, or for, or for other activities. That is the first part of it. Secondly, is that they can no longer survive because of their livelihood, because these are mostly fishermen who get livelihood by fishing. Now, when you talk about the impact in the ecosystem, these oil spills affect the water, thereby contaminating the water and affecting the species that lives inside the water. That is why the fish are being affected as well. And then farmers who grow their crops can no longer farm because the whole environment is being spilled and, you know, crops cannot grow in such kind of um, area. And, you know, their habitation too is also being affected because how can you even build on a oil spill environment? So it covers across different um, areas in this community. And so far... What efforts have companies like Shell in Nigeria, what efforts have they made to restore land or compensate the communities? The first part of this is that sometime in 2017, the government of Nigeria launched the Ogoni cleanup during the former uh, Minister of Environment, who is now acting as the assistant Secretary General of the UN, which, which, that is Mrs. Amina Mohamed, they launched the organic cleanup sometime in 2017. And we thought that there would be transparency 
in this process. But so far, this is um, over about seven years, but we have not really seen much impact by this cleanup and action. And talking about the compensation, um, these communities have, have taken the oil giants severally to the courts, and they have agreed, I think that was last year, to, um, that was two years ago, sorry, they have agreed to pay about 7 billion Naira, but we are yet to see them paying for this. The court in Nigeria cannot really handle this matter, knowing that this is an international company. So they have taken them separately to the courts in Britain, but we are yet to see Shell owning to their responsibility and taking action. The amount you said it was in Nigerian currency, I think it's about $15 million or something like that. So I think that is about 15 million euros. Euros, okay. And if you consider that over the, the time span that you originally said, which is decades, they've made billions and billions of dollars in revenue from oil sales. So, I mean, this is a tiny, tiny amount. It is that 15 million euros anything like what is needed to clean up this mess? Well, if they paid it. The payments, it's not for the cleanup per se, it's just, it's just to compensate the community. When you talk about the cleanup of this community, it's worth billions of dollars. And they are not ready to take action and clean up this environment that is being spilled. Instead, they keep on making profits over people and planets. And this is uh, inhuman, I would say. This is inhuman, knowing that humans should be considered first before profit. That is, people should come first before profit. And I want to call on, on Shell that they should take on their responsibility by paying up for the damages and also compensating the community because they will need to leave they will need to, to recuperate back and then see how to get their life back after all of these damages has been done. Yeah, and exactly what you're you're talking about. You come to London and you see these companies like Shell who are sponsoring museums and all these kinds of cultural exhibitions and similar things in the UK. And in the way, they're presented to the public in quite a positive way. Given what you've just said, there's a sort of disparity between how they operate and how they're presented to, to the countries where they're registered. How does it make, make you feel when you see this sort of greenwashing going on between where it's operating and from where they're marketing? As an activist over the past years, I have seen most of these oil companies saying, oh, Activists are calling for the facing out of fossil fuels and then for clean renewable energies. But they have started to see how much our voices means, and they are afraid that they might run out of business if they didn't stop us. We have seen greenwashing going on. They say, oh, we want to trap the carbons. You know, they say, okay, we will not allow these carbons this emission to go go out again to the planet. Instead, we will create a mechanism 
that will trap this carbon emission, thereby reducing the carbon emission. But we are saying we don't need all of this. What we need is face out fossil fuels, invest in renewables. And this is all what we are asking for. So I feel that they should listen and not just look at their own way of trying to justify or trying to greenwash us from taking action and then trying to call them out. When you consider the destruction on your doorstep and then hear about oil and gas company bosses managing the international negotiations of the COPs, do you have any confidence that this so-called just transition touted by the COP presidents is even an objective? Well, one thing I would say is this. When we had the announcement two years ago about the president for COP28, we all came out and say, this is not going to work. Because why should an oil mogul, you know, someone that manages the oil company, be the president of the Climate Conference of Parties? And we try to clamp, clamp on it, try to push, but all to no avail. And we saw what happened at COP28, where on the first day of the COP, they came out to say, oh, yes, countries are going to pay for, for loss and damage. And when you get to find out how much did they actually say that they would pay for loss and damage, it's not even up to what a country can, can actually get for loss and damage. So more like saying they are trying to still greenwash us to say, oh, yes, we are supporting your call for loss and damage. Now, they have left behind adaptation because they know that coming to adaptation, it means we are going to transit because for communities to adapt to the climate change, then definitely they will have to, to adopt renewable energies, clean energy, transit to clean energies. And, they are, and then they are not trying to, to, to shy away from that. And also we have seen another announcement again for COP29 and, and oil mogul again, having to lead the climate conference of parties. This shows that they are still trying to fight hard to sustain their power to sustain the energy they have so that we don't push them out. I would say that we will still do our best. We will still clamp them down. We will still see how to push that we transit to clean energy because the way out now is to transit to clean energy. And that is how we can be able to, to keep 1.5 alive. As you continue struggling against things like this Shell Nigeria situation where they simply must clean up the mess they've made and make amends, really. What's your messages to people in the UK who are sort of wondering how bad this really is? Well, I think when people don't get to see how much impact these activities has caused, they won't really understand why we are clamoring for what we are actually asking for when we say we need a transition. Now, the damage is being done, even if it is to be reversed, 
it won't be as it has been before the operation of these oil companies. And I think the best thing is it is better to not start what will cause a long-term problem than to say, oh, we will start and then we will see how to adjust and then solve some of these problems. So more like saying, we know what this implies, but because of our profits, we have to do this. And, you know, when you look at it this way, you understand that the government too has a stake in all of this because if the government comes up and says, no, this is our country, this is my country, and I won't allow this to happen to my country, then they won't have a say. They cannot force themselves on any country that is not willing to accept them. But because of the government's interest or what they think they will actually benefit from, this has resulted to what we are facing today. And we have seen the repercussion of all of this. And I think people should look at it from a bigger perspective about the long-term impact and effect of all of this and not just what we profit at that moment. Well, that's an excellent place to finish. It's been really good to speak to you and very insightful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. 